0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your host. And today we have a really wonderful Um, guest who is an expert in Empowering parents so that they can raise resilient children, which I'm really excited to hear your input on that. Um, our guests is Monique Sebrex and her business partner, Martina Cavaziel, and they're both recognized as the parent empowerment coaches. They specialize in empowering moms and dads to be the parents they've always aspired to be, helping them to succeed in the demanding job of raising confident, resilient, and loving kids. Over the years, these talented coaches, through their business, Great Parents Empower, have noticed that many parents unconsciously rely on the use of outmoded systems and counterproductive behaviors that were carried forward from their own upbringing. Often, when starting a family, new parents realize that they don't understand exactly what parenting entails. (laughs) Mm, Yes, (laughs) the list of must-do tasks ends up dominating life, work, and relationships, and slowly parents lose track of who they really would like to be as parents. So thank you so much for joining us, Monique.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Very much appreciated. And uh, so I'm really... uh, We talk about resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, and you are helping people to raise confident, resilient, and loving kids. Why is resilience important? I think
1: that there are a lot of parents whose goal, the ultimate goal is to have their kids be successful.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that success is acquired by being resilient because life comes in all shapes and forms. And we then, on top of that, aren't easy. we people, so that goes for and our kids and for the adults. so mm-hmm. if you understand how to be resilient or how to rise up from whatever went wrong, that can help you to be successful
0: okay so you i am i correct in recalling when we had spoken before that you actually started this program before you became a mother. Is that correct? Actually, it was during the time that I, my my child was very, very young. Okay. So were you one of those parents that woke up with a realization that you didn't have a clue what you were doing? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and, And the funniest
1: thing is that I thought it was all about understanding child development, everything about the child. I mean, I was like, so interested in in what i had to do for my kid
2: Mm -hmm. and then
1: the first time that somebody mentioned you have to do something for yourself you have to develop yourself i was like you have no clue what you're talking about Uh and then i realized that it was all about me i often say that the best thing for my daughter i have one child the best thing for my daughter was me developing myself instead of you know all the extracurricular activities that i took her to
0: ah yeah that's that's a big insight so what does great imparent, great parents empower mean so why did you choose that name for your business
1: because i do believe that if you want to be a great parent you need to empower yourself and great parents who empower themselves can empower their children.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't the you, fact that you're the one in charge, meaning you're already empowered. I mean, you're the parent, so you're the one in charge.
1: Yeah, no, I wish. <laughs> I wish being in charge is something else than being a, a great role model. than um, Being the sort of person that can hold their kid that can it's like this Like holding the space for this child to grow and it takes a long time for human being to get to know themselves as we know and to To show what resilience and what confidence and what authenticity and all those delicious words what that really means
0: Hmm. Yes, it's. um, we think that we are resilient by default because we have all of these experiences that we have to live through and that we get to have the opportunity to to try to bounce back from, but it doesn't always work that way. So um, is there a difference between being and doing for a parent?
1: Yeah. So a lot of parents think that it's all about the activities that we have to do around the kid, for the kid, the the care. A lot of us parents are on this hamster wheel and it doesn't stop. It's 24 hours a day. Hopefully you get enough sleep in there, but there is a lot to do. And those I call the activities, Um, but it has nothing to do with who you are being or the being with your child. Um, being really needs a focus because that is how you can connect with your child. If you are on the threat the, the, the threat mill, the the hamster wheel all the time, and you don't really connect with your kid from heart to heart, you're not diving into your body and your beingness. Then your child learns less from you. Mm-hmm. I always think that kids learn through osmosis. They watch us. And they get our body cues probably for the first what eight nine years.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: that's where our communication lives. So I think it's important that there is that we understand that there is the doingness and the beingness, and it's often in the beingness that we need to help ourselves grow and develop.
0: Yeah, we find that many um, many people do just kind of parent by default. They. Yes they parent exactly the way that their parents parented. And it wasn't always a good way to do it. So, no. so and how I, do people begin to recognize what works and what doesn't really work in the long run? I think
1: you, you, you first want to go back to when you were a child and understanding that everybody does their best. Let's go, let's assume that everybody's trying their best. But when you were a child, you knew when something was wrong or when you would have liked your mom and dad to be different And it. This is not about candy, but this is about how they treated you, how they listened to you, how they, how they were with you, how they encouraged you. And then if you can capture that, and then as an adult, you think back put it in the, in the present, how would you want to be? How do you want to be the parent for your child?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The parent that you would have liked to have, have mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, make- go ahead. Does it make sense?
0: It makes great sense, yes. Um, I, I think that we can learn a great deal from the parenting that we received by how much we disliked it. Yes. And um, oftentimes we'd have, I have a conversation with one of my children where I would say, uh, what did you learn from this experience that you've had? And they've said, I've learned how not to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really important, uh, an important thing to learn. Yeah,
1: it's very, very, very important. Um, I realized when I had this awake moment when my daughter was like four or something that I wanted. Really, this was what I wanted. I wanted to become the mother that I had never had. Uh And uh, my child was not an easy child, which I had dreamt about having an easy child. That was not the case. And I got how I needed to hold myself and take care of myself and be the person that I really 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 wanted to be and I've been able to pull that off not easy but I've been able to pull that off and in the end it all came together and I had no idea that it all would come together um, mm-hmm. by the time she was 18 19 but it was it was a good moment when I realized that I could be proud of myself for what I had been able
0: to sustain
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Michelle? Yeah, yes. isn't
0: it wonderful when your kids grow up to people that you like? They yeah. grow up to people um,
1: that you like, but they also uh, really appreciate what you've what you've done and how you've done it. And they really get all the reasons
0: why you did what you
1: did and who you were. Mm-hmm. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. yeah, communication is so important. And um, if you're not present with your children. I mean, you can just go through all of the motions of taking care of the day-to-day details by making sure that all of the the laundry is done and the house is kept clean and the food's on the table at a certain time. And, you know, you can put yourselves in these complete and absolute routines, but if you're not really present with your child, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if you leave them Alone. Um, I was talking to a teacher a while ago and he told me about the staggering loneliness in children
2: mm-hmm.
1: who just have to figure it out by themselves. And maybe a hundred years ago, that was the only way to go through life because life was so busy mm-hmm. um, in different ways. But these days, we know so much more about. Communication, like you mentioned, about emotional intelligence, about resilience. Um, There's no need for us to leave our kids alone and have them feel lonely. We can connect.
0: Yeah, the the loneliness when you're in a room full of people Mm -hmm. is just devastating. And Mm -hmm. I believe that it contributes to the fact that we're losing so many of our young people because loneliness is is really hard to deal with
1: I think it's very hard to deal with and especially if you feel lonely before you have developed yourself when you think that it is normal to be that lonely to have that
0: awful feeling hmm yeah so what is the greatest frustration for parents in your experience
1: Well, I think that a lot of parents want to understand how to deal with uh, overwhelm or Um, with frustration. mm -hmm. Um,
0: In themselves or in their children?
1: um, In themselves and in their children. Okay. But um, I think the biggest fear of parents is that, um, for lack of a better word, is that we are screwing up our kids.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And that can be a paralyzing feeling and one that uh, that we never really solve. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we hope we hope that everything will be okay. Like, you know, they will grow up to be great adults. Somehow they will like me. But in the meantime, for 18 years or 19 years, I have no clue what I'm doing. And I'm probably not doing it right.
2: That's
0: that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. So what are the myths that parents believe in? There
1: are a few myths that kind of trap us moms and dads. One is that everybody can be a parent and everybody can do the parenting. And then that N creates hope, but N it's very devaluing. The hope is good for parents who really want to have children, but the devaluing part is that it is such a big job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and you also know people that then became a parent, and they're like, oh my, I had no idea that this was 24-7. Relentless, relentless is what the what my clients often say. So that's one. And another one is um, that children are the greatest love, or having children is... of the greatest love you'll ever experience it sounds great and yet there are many people parents who don't understand the personalities of their kids (laughs)
0: like wondering what planet they came from because they sure are part of your family
1: (laughs) right and 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 it turns out to be a lot of work and that love is not the automatic thing that they were hoping for the automatic feeling Mm mm-hmm and then um, there is another one that um, the other myth is that that we raise our children in a community. Uh-huh. Sure. If the community is right, if you are in a good community, and if your kid fits the community, it becomes all so much more diff- difficult if the child is off or different, or if the community is not the right one. So... We were talking about loneliness in kids, but I think that Martina and I come across a lot a lot of loneliness in parents who mm-hmm. are trying to do it all by themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there is another myth, and um, this is this has not so much to do with raising the children, but it's about food. That before you have a child, you think that food is just it's just all going to happen, and then when you have a child, especially in the beginning it turns out to be hours of work. If you really are interested in giving your, your family the right kinds of food. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that can take forever. (laughs)
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then the last one is that um, when you have a child, parents can come together if, if it's a, you know, two, two partners. Uh-huh. That the love will grow. Uh-huh. And again, that is not an automatic. That There is a lot of work involved in making sure that the partners, the, the parents of this child, keep
0: their love alive and growing. Yes. The child is not going to be there forever, really. Um, and we have a tendency... Um, I've seen in so many cases where the, the parents put the child first before their own relationship. And that's a really dangerous thing to do. And it can. It can happen, especially in the beginning
1: when we are all so in love with this baby. And it's, it is a miracle. It is amazing. And it can take a so much of your love and your time. But again, you know, if you are curious about yourself, if you are interested in your self-development, if you are interested in, in raising resilient kids, you take a step back and you try to look for the overview. So what is it that I need? Who do I need to be for myself, for my partner, for my kid? Mm-hmm. To keep the love. Alive,
0: an amazing love. Right. So what does it take to raise resilient kids?
1: I think you and I can have a conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I think it takes a curious parent. Mm -hmm. A curious parent who is not afraid to, to really understand their own resilience their own feelings, their own thoughts, how, how they manage their thoughts and their feelings, their shadows, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the whole, the whole package of who they are, bad and good, right and wrong. And then to be curious about this little person in front of you Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and to ask the questions, like you ask yourself the questions to really be into communicating at the right moment, which is an art, At the right moment and to really and have the child understand themselves and not come with all these um, ideas about the child and thoughts and oh you're like this because you do like that to really take the time for this child to get to know
0: themselves Mm -hmm. and yes I do because we find so many times that we figure, especially if you've got more than one child, you figure, oh, I got it all figured out. I know exactly what I'm doing and what I'm, I know how to raise this kid. And we're all individual personalities. And what works for one child does not work for the other one. I now. I remember uh, one of my children, all I had to do was just change the tone of my voice. And the child would respond immediately because they knew that that was like discipline. It's like, oh, no, I've, I've done something wrong, so I won't do that anymore. And another one, I, I practically had to, like, turn inside out to try to get his attention because he wasn't, he didn't respond the same way. So I'd have one child when I would just kind of change my tone and say, please don't do that. And the other one I could say, please don't do that 17 million times and it wouldn't make any difference. So, yeah, we have so much... Um, that we need to learn about ourselves and our children. Because have you noticed that when you're parenting, that, oh, inner demons show up? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and your very worst self shows up, and especially when you're tired and haven't gotten any sleep because of, same, because of the darling child.
1: After 7 p.m. Uh-huh. I've often thought, let's have a a documentary about what happens in families after 7 p.m. when everybody's tired.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be be pretty
1: scary, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It would. It would. But the thing is, if we don't take care of all of our demons, if we don't understand ourselves in the deepest basement of ourselves, and that all comes up after 7 p.m. or, you know, when your energy is really low Mm -hmm. or it doesn't all come up, something can come up. Then we can be so in the way of, and ourselves, and our kids. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children is if we can take care of ourselves, if we don't have to lash out or if we we don't have to... um, if we don't have to throw our anger on them because we don't have any other way of getting our anger out or dealing with our anger, we, we, we put our drama on top of them. They already have enough of their own. So mm-hmm. that we, make our, we make their life much more difficult.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and then we... we have to deal with our guilt. Well, yeah, and we also think that, you know, kids are, we think that they're so resilient because they're little kids, almost like they're, they're uh, some sort of little plastic thing that will just bend and mold and whatever. Um, but the, the traumas that a child experiences in childhood affect them throughout their entire lives. And then we get these damaged children who become adults, who become parents, who are damaged parents and it's just it's horrific what we can do to the next generation if we don't deal with our own stuff
1: absolutely yeah and this is maybe it's another myth that we don't need to work on ourselves we don't need self-development we don't need any of that to have a number right? A number of kids like, I want three, I want two, I want four, I want five. We really need to work on ourselves. It's a big responsibility. The president, not this one, but every president in the world had a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every scientist had a mother and a father. I mean, it's amazing what can come from this child.
0: Yes, absolutely. And yeah, good things and bad things have happened in the world because of the way a parent has raised their kid. Definitely. So so do you have a special definition for what resilience is? Uh, what comes up for me is to, to become you, to be you. Hmm. I haven't heard that one before. That's very interesting. Um, so why is resilience necessary to be successful? So, with that definition of to be you, why is that necessary to be successful?
1: Well, it isn't easy to first of all be you because there are so many influences from all sides that want you to be a certain way. So it's it's really courageous to be you, whoever you are, or whatever mm-hmm. you are. Um we're going in the direction of authenticity. Uh-huh. And to allow yourself to fall and get back up and fall and get back up and rise and show up in the way that you want to show up, I think that that is resilience.
0: Okay.
1: And if you can pull that off, you can be successful in your own way. And that is the most important thing, the most important part. That you can be successful in your own way. What that
0: means to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, uh, Earl Nightingale said that you are a success if you grow up to be what you want to be because you want to be. So well said, and thank you for that quote. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a quick break. I've been visiting with uh, Monique Siebrecht, and we are talking about empower uh, parent parent empowerment and how to raise resilient children who are happy children, loving, confident children. So come back for some more tips and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. This is Michelle at Roar to Win. We are visiting with Monique Sibrix and she is the Parent Empowerment Coach. And we are really having a great time talking about how you can empower your children, how as empowered parents you can empower your children to be confident, resilient, and loving. So I, um, as we were talking with that last little bit that you were talking about there, uh, Monique, one of the things that came across my mind is how do we allow our children to be who they are and not overlaying who we want them to be on top of that?
1: Oh, and that is such a good question. It is such a good question. I think that we need to really understand our hopes and our dreams for ourselves so that we can be fulfilled while trying to get there
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and we need to understand our hopes and our dreams for this child and maybe it is that our hope hope and dreams for ourselves we pin on our kids Mm -hmm. we have to understand that
0: um say the question again so how do we allow our children to be who they are without overlaying what we want them to be on top of them and then we need to be extremely curious. Just really watch this kid. Who are they?
1: How how do they think? How do they feel? How do they react? How can uh, who are they when they think nobody's watching? And to just like nurturing this plant, right? This plant is growing and becoming something. And maybe it's maybe it has beautiful leaves or a beautiful flower, but to allow this person, this little person, to get to know themselves and to express themselves any way possible, and then to go for that instead of all the things that we want for them. I remember there was a time that uh, I thought that my child wanted to play the guitar. Oh, I was so excited. I already saw this guitar-playing child. You know, my life was filled with music. Took her to the guitar lesson. Nope, she didn't want to do it. Um, and it was, it was a year of one thing after another that she rejected, rejected. And so instead of me feeling disappointed and me feeling, ah, what, and I'm doing all this for you, I just let her figure it out, what it was that she wanted. I followed her lead. And, um, and then when she was, uh, I believe, 15 or so, She said to her her father and I, she said, um, I have no idea what I want to be or what I'm good at uh, in my life. And I remember this moment that we were looking at each other, Kirk and I, we thought we know so well who she is, but she has no idea who she is. Mm
2: -hmm. We
1: know her so well from our point of view.
0: Right.
1: And uh, it was amazing for me. I gave her a list of all the talents and all the strength that I had seen through the years because I kept track of it.
0: Uh
1: So I gave her the list and I said, this is who I think you are. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can see something in in that list that you can recognize. Uh And so she's been able to figure herself out. Um. I can't say I've been a perfect parent at all, at all. I don't want you to ever think that. I'm the first one to admit that I made many mistakes. But I was aware that I had to be very careful not to impose my own hopes and dreams
0: uh, on her. Uh huh. Yeah. There's uh, a story that uh, my mentor, Jack Canfield, tells about a doctor that he knows. Um, it's a man who he wanted to be a mechanic. And his mother said, no, you can't do that because that job is, you know, that's, that's a, a blue collar job. It's not a job of prestige. You'll never be able to make any money. You have to be a doctor. And so he went to school and he became a doctor. He became one of the most miserable doctors in the world because he didn't want to be a doctor. And so what he figured out he had to do is he, he made enough money as a doctor to have a house with an enormous garage, like, like you know, somewhere between six and 12 stalls in the garage. And so what he does is he works on cars on his days off because that's where he finds his love. That's what, that's who he is. He's a, a mechanic. He's not a doctor, but he became a doctor because that's what his mother wanted him to be. So I think we have to be really careful not to impose our um, dreams and goals and expectations on a child when that isn't even what their personality desires.
1: Yeah, you know, I get, I really get that we want we want the best for our children, and I also think that we mix it up, like with what you just said, with our own hopes and dreams for our children. But then there are also cultures where before the child is even born, the uh, parents have already decided that this one is going to be a doctor and this one is going to be a scientist and the other one is going to be a teacher or whatever. Mm -hmm.
0: It's very interesting to me. Yes, it is, because it seems that... You know, just as what, you know, they probably are doing the very best that they can, but we've got skills and talents and abilities that fit in certain careers and may not fit in another. Like, it must be really difficult for a person who has a personality that makes them want to be alone to have to be a teacher. I would think that that would be very difficult. Yes.
1: And a doctor needs at least a, a person who is interested in talking to people, healing people, the the healing profession, mm-hmm. according to me.
0: Oh, I agree. I know that in my experience, I've run across a lot of them that do it for the money, strictly for the money. They don't have the personality to go along with it at all. And I think, um, I think, You know, their patients are not happy. And I think in the long run, really, if they were to admit it, they wouldn't be happy either because money cannot buy everything. It's true.
1: It is an art to become us. It really is an art to have our children become the people that they are able to become meant to be. Mm -hmm. And it's an art to allow ourselves
0: as well. Yes, it is. So what is your... Your grand view of what parents and kids could be like, or what they could have—what would you desire for them? Well,
1: it's not that Gerber fantasy where the whole family is running through the meadow. You know, the Waltons. <laughs> <boat>. <laughs> we still know that. I think it is. Um, it's uh, it's messy. It's chaotic. It's um, it's it's everything. But if we can be okay with that, it is everything. That we can be okay with, with, that we come from our most important values, that we come from figuring it out together, from communication, from the heart, that we have this amazing opportunity, opportunity this miraculous uh, happening in our life that we can help somebody to become a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. But we have to be satisfied with ourselves as the mom or the dad. We have to be able to fuel our own happiness so we don't lay it on them to make us happy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the overview is for the parent to have overview, to look at this family, this child at their own life from whatever, 50 feet high down, and to not drown in the details and in the drama and in, the, in the, the hamster wheel, the activities of all that needs to be done. Um, the chores that need to be done are not being done. The, the arguing and the, and the, you know, all that stuff is in the scheme of things, maybe not as important. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the things that we think are so terribly terribly important if we can take a longer view and ask ourselves is this going to matter in five years the majority of the things that we get so terribly upset about doesn't really matter
1: it doesn't really matter i have one uh, one one story that uh that's uh, from my own family my child did not want to do chores and as we know as parents we want our children to know uh, to know chores because we want them to work. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she had locked herself into resistance as soon as the word chores or as soon as the thing came up. And I cannot tell you that I haven't tried. I cannot tell you that there were so many ways that we tried to do, have her do the chores in our own home, in our own family. It never happened. Mm so then by the time she left for college she made this comment that um, she was such a great worker and such she was such a master at doing chores and i let it go but inside i was like what all these you know 18 years that i've tried to get you there without shaming her i have to say without shaming her without um getting furious and so she left for college and guess who was the the hardest worker the 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 one who did the chores so in her mind it uh, she thought because she saw her dad and and me do all the things and the chores and what have you in her mind she thought that she was able to do them as good or better than us so her confidence in doing chores was not damaged,
2: which was mm-hmm. amazing to me.
1: But that's what happened. She had a different view inside than what was happening outside. Amazing to me. Hmm.
0: Sounds like she was visualizing herself doing the chores. Totally, <laughs> all the time. And we, and we know that that's successful. You can be successful at anything if you can visualize it. So that's pretty funny. That's really funny.
1: It, and And it also shows how complicated we are, how complex people are, so that 's another thing if we If we keep the overview we and if we can step away, we can allow the complexity of our children
0: mm-hmm. Yes,, now, one of my children also struggled with getting them to do chores at home, but if they'd go over to a friend 's house, <laughs> they would help them you know clean the entire house and i 'm just going well, why won't you come do that at mine? Mm-hmm. It's, um, and, and that child is one of the hardest workers of all of my children. So <laughs> it's, yes. it's pretty amazing how that happens. Yes. So um, what can people do to engage with you and um, invite you to their community, their school, or, or their shop or workshops or anything?
1: It would be fantastic if they email me. That's the best way to reach me um, at info at greatparentsempower.com with em empower. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, are you leaving them a one of my gifts? Yes, those that will be on the information. That okay? Yes, um,
1: I would love to come to your community uh, to any group or any school that is looking at how to help parents feel empowered. Um, it doesn't really matter what age, if the children are young or older, even adult uh, uh, parents who have adult children, they come and take our course and really try to go back to themselves, empower themselves, so then they can come from strength
0: towards their children. Mm-hmm. From so the, you, so tell us about the, the empowerment course that you have. What, tell me what that entails. So it's a seven-week course, and it basically lays the
1: foundation for what you need to understand uh, in yourself and in your family to be able to raise these resilient, successful, confident, loving kids. So one of them is how do you uh, create a clean slate? How do you take care of yourself in such a way that you feel emotionally fueled? How do you separate your hopes and your fantasies from reality? And how can you infuse what you are hoping for into your reality by taking the right action steps? So it's a, it's a course, it's a seven-week course loaded with tools and bridges and ideas that you can use the rest for your life because it's so comprehensive.
0: Okay, so if, if a parent has been going along and nothing that they have done is working well for their children because they're not having the kinds of, oh, harmony in their home or success in working together or any of those things, is it ever too late? I mean, if you've been working on this and, you, and your kid's like a teenager, is it ever too late for you to be able to engage with them and change the dynamics of your parent-child relationship?
1: So I would turn it around because it's really hard for me to understand if the relationship is um, very bad and cannot, be, cannot become better. I would turn it around and I would say, become the best parent that you can be. Empower yourself. Focus on your heart, your resilience, your own feelings of success.
0: And then see what happens. So in essence, stop pointing fingers at the child. Stop finger, Stop
1: pointing fingers. Stop feeling like a victim. Stop. Um, wanting and having all these expectations, focus on yourself and become the best person that you can be.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then um, there's one thing that I understand as I'm getting older, which is time, sometimes time, it takes a long time to get to where you want to be Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and to allow that time Mm -hmm. for ourselves and for our kids and for the relationship.
0: Yeah, Uh, relationships are the most important thing in the world. And they're also the most challenging. But I think that's where we grow the most is in that. So you have written two books. Um, One of them is Empowering Women, Empowering Lives. That one is going to be out in 2019. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please?
1: Yeah, it's really about uh, understanding what empowerment is. It's a it's a it's a, a word that is Used all the time these days, and yet, if we ask each other what is what is empowering or what is empowered, it takes a while to understand what that what that means because it can mean something else for you as it means for me. So, in that book, we are Martina and I, my uh, my partner in this uh, in this business, Great Parents Empower. We have written a chapter with some other people who have their own view of what empowering and empowered is. hmm And it has a lot to do, my own view has a lot to do with what you said in the beginning. Successful, loving, capable, resilient people.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And a second book, Itty Bitty Book of Words. And the word that you've chosen is empowered. So can As you tell well. me about that?
1: Yes. So again, um, it it is the explanation of what empowered is Mm -hmm. for the parent.
2: Mm -hmm. What
1: happens when you are an empowered parent? How do you feel inside? And what is the effect on your children?
0: Mm -hmm. And it is much different than, um, oh, living or or raising children by default, I think, by You know, just going through the day, having each day is, I guess what it is, is really is when you do it that way is when you just go through the day, raising your kids kind of unconsciously. It's an unconscious way of raising children.
2: Yeah,
1: I think you, you nail, you nail it there. I think it has a lot to do with what conscious is. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to be bigger bigger than your thoughts and your, your automatic thoughts and your automatic feelings, mm-hmm. your reactions. Yeah. Really choosing, choosing to be alive, to be present.
0: Right. And truly, we, we have to look at our children in the long view rather than like who they are right this very second because, because they will, they're going to be the ones that are directing our world when we're older um they're going to be the ones in charge and what kind of world do we want to live in so we do have to have to be very mindful about how we raise them i agree
1: with you and it is a privilege it is a privilege to have this 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 little human being grow up in your vicinity
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: and and that's uh that that has me humble. That
0: keeps me humble. Mm-hmm. And it applies also to grandparents, I would imagine, because uh, there's a very—I've—I've I've noticed a very interesting dynamic shift between being a parent and being a grandparent. Um, I have um, eight and a half lovely grandchildren. My my ninth grandchild will be here next month, nice. um, and the the relationship between a parent and a child because you're together all the time there's um, you know all those conflicts and, and all of the things that go along with just day-to-day living but a grandparents in a completely different place and um, I really enjoy the fact that they just get to love the children we don't have to, we don't have to train them in any way. We don't have to raise them in any way. We just get to love them. And so, I think as a parent and as a grandparent, the most important thing that we can do for our children, above all else, is just to love them.
1: Yeah, and there is there is so much more um, scientifically proven about how important the heart is and how much communication there is between the brain and the heart and if if children can be loved by their grandparents who are again also present with them and not from automatic and habits and oh the other day some uh, grandparents said to me I said to my daughter that my job as a grandparent is to spoil your children Mm -hmm. let me know when I go too far (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I thought that that was just brilliant because it, it it everything is in that word spoil when you are a grandparent. Mm-hmm. Heart and love and just embracing
0: these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, every year um, I have what's called Cousins Camp. It's really Grandparent Camp because I think it's for me. But um, we have... <laughs> we have cousin camp because our children grandchildren are spread out all over um the pacific coast and they don't get to see each other very much so they come and they spend a week just playing with one another and with me oh it is so much fun because we get to do all of the things that their parents don't have time or energy for that
1: is such a fantastic idea because this is a foundation for the kids to, mm-hmm. to be with each other and to have that for life.
0: Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, is that they will be able to truly be bonded, even though they don't get to see each other that often. So um, you have some gifts for our listeners. And can you tell me what they are? Yes, one of the things that uh, I think is
1: a gift for our kids is to ask them questions and to ask them great questions. So what we put together are three questions. The questions that not everybody asks, may I say, they may be, are a little unusual, but they are fantastic to ask the kids and to have them answer will automatically take him out of what they did but how they are and who they were during the day Mm -hmm. the nice thing about these three questions is i've used them in my family for ever since our child was five and we use them in our family we use them between my husband and i we use them with our friends we use them with people we don't know and it's it's this three questions that can start an hour-long conversation or a five-minute conversation but you really get to know the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the gifts.
0: Uh-huh. That sounds wonderful. Um, and you also have a course for parents at a discounted price. And so our listeners can uh, go to the, the podcast page and those links will be posted there.
1: Yes, we are giving... off
0: that's very generous yes yeah that's very generous so what would you like do you have anything that you would like to um, leave our listeners with for them to ponder about
1: as a parent really enjoy yourself
0: enjoy yourself hmm that's that's very provocative (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's it, it just really get to know yourself and love all parts, right? And if you come into the basement and you see the shadow parts of you, know that they are there for a reason. I like, um, uh, what is that beautiful poem of um, the guests when the guests come? Khalil.
0: Mm, I'm not familiar with
1: it. All the parts of ourselves are Mm -hmm. useful. We should cherish them. And as much as we can enjoy ourselves, we can enjoy our children too. Mm -hmm. If we dismiss ourselves, we don't like ourselves, somehow that will uh, be reflected in the relationship with our children.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. If there are parts of ourselves that we do not like, we will not like them in our children either. So the more we can enjoy ourselves, the more we can enjoy that these little people in front of us.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's great! Thank you so much. So I'm so grateful that you joined us today. Thank you very much. We've been interviewing Monique Siebert. You're welcome. And and um, I appreciate that you have been so generous with sharing your knowledge about um, parents and empowerment and. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Michelle, it was a true honor. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.
2: This is the EWN
1: Podcast Network.